Good morning. Uh, breakfast today is sponsored by the Ajmi family in memory of Yaakov ben Nazira. Alava shalom ruach The Torah tells us a special isur. It doesn't actually describe in any great language what it is that is encompassed by this isur. Um, it says, Lotonu ishet amito, a person should not hurt his friend, and you should fear your God. What does it mean, don't hurt your friend? That's so broad. Rashi comes in, he quotes the words of the Gemara, he says, Khan, you know what we're talking about over here? The Pasuk is talking about onaat divarim, hurting someone with words. We've already discussed onaat mamon. What's onaat mamon? Onaat mamon is, let's say I see your dib. I have my house over here. I know that you're, you're new money, young blood, wants to move in the neighborhood. My house is worth uh, two million. I come to you and I was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm, we're good friends. You know, heck, we're good friends. I know you really want to move in the neighborhood. I know you're flush with the cash. What a nice thing it would be for your wife and kids if you bought my house. You know, my house is worth probably 20. You know, the guy's like, oh, 20. He tries to act not surprised. You know how the guy with the new money, he's like, uh, yeah, 20, I, I wipe my elbow with 20. Like that's, you know, that kind of, they, they want to show that. So the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, you know, I'll pay it. Over a certain amount uh, of, uh, of a percentage, uh, over a sixth, it says, right? And again, what that means in each industry is a little bit of an interesting uh, conversation to have for another time. The halakha is that the, the mekach, the person could come and say, you tricked me. You charge me, you so overcharge, a little bit overcharged, that's the, the, the way we do of, of business. But if you come to someone and you say you charge me 10 times the amount of, for, the, for the, what's it called, for the purchase, I can come and say, you know, you willfully misconstrued the value of the house. I understood that it was worth X. I bought it on that premise. That's called onaat mamon. Okay? So when it's a, when it's a tremendous jump, then the halakha is that the, actually the guy could come to bed Din and say, I, I don't want to carry on with the deal. You know, I want, to ret- I want my money back and I want to give it back to you. Okay, that's onaat mamon. And maybe we'll spend some time a different day going through the halachot specifically of onaat mamon. At what case is, are you stealing from someone with, uh, with that? But over here the pasuk is talking about onaat devarim, where you're hurting someone with words. That's what Rashi exp- expresses it. So the question is, what does it mean to hurt someone with words? And my bigger question is, we all grew up learning all the time about Lashon Hara, to, you know, speaking badly about somebody. So isn't this just the same as Lashon Hara? Lashon Hara also, you're hurting the person with words. You know, you say the guy is a terrible person. You know, you shouldn't be trusted. You know, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. Like, you know, all these, you know, words that people say. And eventually that could cost people tremendous, uh, tremendous losses in their lives. So that's Lashon Hara. But what is Ona'at Tevarim and how does it differ? Lashon hara always involves another party. Onaat devarim doesn't have to involve anybody else. Let's say I walk up to a person and I say to him, you're a filth. You're the worst type of person. You're an animal. You know, I really make him feel like two cents. I didn't say lashon hara to anybody. But I, I, I denigrated the person. I used my words to be able to cut the guy in half. And the person feels the real ramifications uh, of, of, that, of, that, uh, um, of that pain. So, lotonu ishet amito means onaat devarim. Anything that a person could say with words that will hurt their friend is this. And I love this as well. The Mifarshim asks, it says in the end of the Pasuk, and you should fear 
Hashem your God. Why does it say Vi'areta Melokecha? Every time it says, and you should fear Hashem your God, in a pasuk, not stand alone, not by itself, not for its own sake. It's telling you, don't do this, fear me. Or do this, fear me. Always the pasuk is talking about something that the person would be able to deny. You know what? It's a he said, he said situation. I'm going to get away with this. It's not going to be a difficult thing for me to get away. He said that I heard him like, you know, I said something different. Yereta melokecha means Hashem says, I'm everywhere. I heard, I saw. And in fact, the Mefarshim explained that on Ad-Divarim, um, hurting someone with words is not actually limited even to words. I'll never forget there was a young rabbi who was teaching, and I came to him and I said, Mechila, can I give you some constructive criticism? He said, please, you know, he was new in the job, he wanted to do a good job. Has he, you know, the guy was uh, well-intentioned. And I said, um, is it okay if I record you? The guy said, uh, okay, felt a little bit weird. I was like, okay, so why don't you give the cl- any class that you would normally give? So he starts telling me a Devar Torah. Anyway, I ask him a question, like challenging his Devar Torah. Anyway, he starts answering. I, put, I press stop on the recording. He goes, I'm not finished yet. I, says, I said, I have everything I need. I pressed play. I said, I just want you to notice what your face looks like when someone argues with you. I pressed play. I showed him. He's like, ah, <coughs> he's giving the whole devar Torah. He's going on saying the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, I challenged him. And his face basically went like this. Like this. He's showing you like a face almost like you're such an idiot. How do you not understand this? Why you, do you ever see that? Some people, like when you talk, they're like. I said to him, if someone's coming, they're a congruent, and you give them that face, it doesn't matter what you answer. <laughs> the person is, feels like, like a two cents because you, you made them realize that in your eyes, they're worthless. You could do that with a look, you could do that with a, with a word. In fact, I saw a beautiful brought down that it says by the Shevatim, Yaakov uh, Avinu says, "Ki be'apam hargush." With their, literally, the words means means with their anger they killed somebody, but the word apam, right, also means af means a nose. You could kill someone with your nose. When you turn your nose up at someone, you could destroy someone. And I must tell you, in our generation, I think we're seeing it more than ever before. People today are fragile. I feel like in generations gone by, I'm not such an old man, 41 years old. When I was young, it was not the same. You did not have kids who felt such stress and such anguish at not being accepted. And what we're finding is you're having people who are making all sorts of terrible decisions about their life based on the way that people have made them feel. And in some ways, our society as a collective whole, we've given away the, the ability or the decision as to how our day is going to go. We've given over the power of ourselves to other people. We've become so dependent on acceptability, on likability, on, uh, uh, you know, on being part of the gang, whatever it is, that it's completely transformed us that if we don't have it, it's so bad that we'd actually rather not be here. Lotonu ish et amito, Hashem says, fear me. You may feel that that guy, I know exactly what to say to push his buttons. 
I have nothing to worry about him. He'll never hurt me back. God says, fear me. I, I'm going to take his, I'm going to take his side. I heard the most remarkable story on the flip side, because in every mitzvah has, it's, has a flip side. So as an example, if the isur is not to steal, a person could go to such levels of not stealing that they're achieving unbelievable uh, levels of honesty because they're turning the mitzvah around and using and uh, being so careful that it becomes a very positive mitzvah. So as an example, a person sees something that you know they could pick it up, they could use it or whatever, and they're super careful to ask permission before they use a pen that they find on the table. They want to know whose it is because how can I steal your ink? That's a tremendous mitzvah. It's not just that you didn't do avon. It's a, such a care and a concern with someone else's property. So I want to share with you an unbelievable story. There was a rabbi, his name was Minhat Yitzchak. He was a genius, okay? At a young age, his parents wanted to find him someone that was uh, worthy of marrying him. They sent someone very far away to find about this girl. They heard the most unbelievable things about her. So they sent someone there to ask, to speak to the people, speak to the family, etc., etc. Go a little bit, Loki. The guy goes to the place, he hears wonderful things about the girl. He says, okay, they want to do a deal, they want to marry off their kid. Come to all the way to the Milchat Yitzchak's hometown. You're going to marry this guy, he's a Sadiq, he's a Tamir Chacham. He's going to be unbelievable. He was a rabbi of all of Jerusalem. I mean, this is someone who's very, very well respected in the halachic world. The girl travels to the family. They meet, the guy and the girl, they meet, you know, and they, uh, they decide they're going to they're get married. The guy takes the girl home to meet his mother. The mother sees the girl. She meets the girl. She says, this is not for my son. She's not, she's not good enough. She's not this enough. She's not that enough. She says, it's, it's not the right decision. She talks to her son. She says, look, I don't want to convince you what to do, but you know what? This is not right for you. You could do better than this for this reason, for that reason. The Minchat Yitzchak says to his mother, he says, Ma, I gave her my word. At this stage, not going through with the wedding would be humiliating her. I would be hurting her with my words to tell her that I'm not going to go through with it. He says, I'm going to marry her. If it turns out that you're right and it's a tremendous problem, so we'll have to get divorced. But I gave her my word. I don't want to humiliate her. I'm going to marry her. They get married, they have a child, the name of the child is Beryl. A little short while after she has the son, Hazit, this woman, she passes away. The rabbi got married, the Minchat Yitzhak got married two more times, but he was unable to have children, didn't have children with either of the second two wives. And later on in his life, the Minchat Yitzhak said, you know, when I went to the doctors after the second wife, I couldn't have children with not just the second, but even the third wife. I went to the doctor, the doctor said to me, you know, it's impossible for you to have children. It's a medical anomaly for you to be able to have children. So I would just give up. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to give you the ability to have kids. The Minhat Yitzchak said to his mother, he said, could you imagine I would have listened to you? I now have a son to carry on my name, a son to love, to teach Torah, to be able to, uh, uh, to, to be comforted in my old age. 
He says, God did for me because I worried for her. I was careful with her honor. God did for me a tremendous miracle. He gave me a medical marvel, a medical miracle. The, 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 option, the possibilities of happen are off infinitesimally low. Rabbi I heard something in this story to me that was, it was very, very powerful. You know, if I told you that in a mitzvah, that's a negative mitzvah, that you do the thing in the opposite way, then you have a, a, a sin, then it becomes a tremendous mitzvah. Then we also, the same way we reverse the first part of the pasuk, we also need to reverse the second part. It's as an example, let's say you have a fraction. The number of the fraction is two quarters. You want to understand what that number is, so you, want, you divide the bottom one by two, right, four to two, and then you divide the top one by two as well. So you go from two to one. So two quarters is the same as one half. You can't only take one part of the equation and half it and expect to have an, equ an actual equivalency. So when we look at this pasuk and we say that the first part of the pasuk, if you do it in a positive way, then that sin becomes a misvah. Then the second part of the pasuk is also, if we said you should fear God for the ramifications of, of hurting someone with a word, then also you should rejoice in God, knowing that God will bring you a salvation when you're careful uh, with the words that you choose. I, I can't stress this enough. Human beings, more than anything else, were designed to be communicators. We were designed to be people that came together. It is a fascinating thing to realize that when God creates Adam, he takes Adam and he breaks him in half. He's initially created as hermaphrodite. He's both male and female together, like the Pasuk says, Zachar unikeva bira'am. He created them male and female. And then God says, adam levado. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good thing, this thing that he created, because he was alone. It had to be that there was someone else that he should be able to speak to. Now, what's fascinating to me is that when you talk about this being that was broken in half into two entities, we look back and we see this thing called the human being. The human being has a soul, and in the words of the, of the Targum Unculus, we translate that word, that God blew into his nostrils a spirit. What was the spirit? Ruach Memalada. It was a spirit of speech. That means that the essence of a human being is to be able to use speech to come together, to be able to warn one another, to be able to uh, encourage one another. That's what humanity's purpose was. It's the way we were designed. It's the thing that allows us to be different than any other species on the planet. Every species communicates in some way. Dolphins, whales, monkeys, they all communicate in some way. But it is only human beings whose communication is not just for survival. Oh, there's food over there. Be careful, there's a lion on the corner. You know, that's the speech of other animals. Here's food, there's this. But a human being is capable of speaking for somebody else to be able to help another person. And I often think about this. You know, we are taught all the time and been, it's been ingrained in our community, the nature of tzedakah with money. And I think it's now time to match Tzedakah with money, also to tzedakah with words. Could you imagine going up to the Sefer Torah, Shemit Nadev, instead of saying a thousand dollars, 
you say a thousand good words, tzedakah. And a lot of times, as much or more than your money can help, the right comment, the right recommendation, picking up the phone to someone, you know, giving them a good uh, a recommendation for a job, you know, telling someone, I met someone in the synagogue, it's really good, you should, I think she's a really good match for you. You know, I know someone for your son. I see a kid is struggling with this, with drugs, with alcohol. I know a great place. Those words, they're so, people don't know how helpful they can be. It's only recently that we've realized the power of group therapy of, uh, you know, that we have in these AA meetings when people can come together and support one another without any judgment. Um, what if we could try to bring that level of tzedakah, not just to money, but to words, to pay a compliment to someone, to notice something about them and to bring it out and to say, wow, to your son, I just, I saw the way you treated your friend. That was remarkable. You're a sensitive boy. I'm very, I'm so proud that this is who you are. You know, to say something to your wife, to recognize, but to really see them. Not to just give a compliment on a dress or shoes, but to really see somebody, to see how they struggled with something and did. I was in the synagogue once and there was a man sitting right in front of me, and I'll end with this. A man sitting right in front of me. He's not from the wealthy members of the community, my father's community. And someone was collecting tzedakah, and the guy walks up to him, and he says, in the middle of the prayers, and he says, can I have? Anyway, the guy reached in his pocket, and he gave him $5. Again, he's not a wealthy man at all. The guy looks at the money. He throws the money back on the chair in front of him. And he says, that's how you help me, living all here in Deal, New Jersey, with your big houses, this is that. This is what you have to give me. You should be ashamed of yourself. I know if that was me, by the way. I have a very sharp tongue. I worked very hard to make sure to dull the edges, you know, so that I could be, but I, I'm very quick and I can, you know, cut someone in half in a second. And I was just sitting there, like with my mouth hanging open. And he just says to the guy, very kindly, he says, that's as much as I, can, as I can afford to give. I'd love it if you would take it, but if you don't want it, that is your choice. The guy walks away and I see the, this man, he's shaking and he's red. Nobody else heard, I heard. I don't think he realized that I heard. I went over to him after the slah and I said, I just want to tell you, I studied Torah, I try and do mitzvot, I said, but I'm jealous of you. He says, why? I said, because I overheard the conversation. And I saw the way you dealt with this guy. How did you do it? You know what he said to me? He said, instead of seeing the guy, the anger, the, you know, the malicious nature that, you know, this is not the, the arrogance to throw your money back in your face. He said, instead of seeing that, he said, I just saw on the guy's paper that it said that he was collecting money, his child was not well, whatever. And I just thought, he's just a father trying to protect his son. And when someone's in a corner, what happens? The claws come out. So instead of looking at the person and the deed, I looked at the person's situation. And I thought, well, he needs me now to rip him a, uh, you know, another hole in his body just because to feel better about myself. I said, wow. I said, I bless you that Bezat Hashem, next time someone comes to you, you should, have, you should be able to give him $500. Hashem should bless you a hundred times, a thousand times, and whatever it is that you need. 
Like this pasuk says, Viareta milokecha. And if you flip the vilotonu, you have to flip the viareta as well. May God see our efforts and bless us forevermore. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.